You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. Welcome to episode number 192 for October 7th, 2012 of Take Him With You. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. So, uh, what's up, Aim? Well, <coughs> we've had company off and on today in random moments. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just been an unusual but good day. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. went by kind of fast for me, and we've still got a few more things to do tonight. <laughs> so We're, We have three podcasts to record before we go to bed tonight. Ours, and then... Um, yours and Chris. Chris's, yeah. um, your Battlestar Galactica ragtag, the ragtag fugitive podcast. Yeah. We are now on episode number two and you can listen to it over at ra- ragtag fugitive podcast dot com. Or you can listen to us on Stitcher Radio Network or you can listen to us on iTunes or just go to the website and listen right there. That's a lot of fun. And you're going to be our first guest host. I I am privileged and for honored a two-parter. to be able to help. But two-parter means that I'm going to be listening and watching two episodes and commenting along, right? Yeah. Yes. This will be um, interesting. To say the least. <laughs> oh, wow. To be married to a sci-fi nerd, and then I think I beca- I'm becoming almost more of a sci-fi nerd than you are. So what's the deal with that? No, you're not. I'm on my third season of Doctor Who. Jeez, that's kind of odd to me. Yeah, <laughs> especially because I don't care for the aliens very much. But you know, I don't know. It kind of it kind of gets ya. you. You get. You get to want to know what happens next. All I know is that I hear aliens screaming in different parts of the house. And when I go to check <laughs> on my wife, she's watching Doctor Who I'll, I'll on her it, iPhone. I'll put it on um, when I'm washing Netflix. dishes. Yeah, I'll put it on Netflix while I'm washing dishes and set it in the windowsill. Keeps me company. I'm glad you haven't dropped your iPhone in the water yet. Um, well, I haven't. This one. I have dropped other phones in the I water. I know this. I know this. Okay, well, we'll be right back to tell you all about what our week was like. And um, then we're going to have a cool little subject today. We're going to be talking about what distracts you. And we're even going to share, <coughs> excuse me, part of King David's life and how he got distracted <laughs> and it led to some problems. Yes, he got distracted. That's putting it mildly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. stick around. Wayne Henderson here, and I am excited to have three of the top Fringe Division agents with us today. So, since we're here, we might as well take advantage of the situation and just talk about... About how the Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan podcast is proud to be podcasting about this fifth and final season of the TV show Fringe. Oh, I'm sorry if at this moment when the universe is collapsing, I forgot the magic word. For magic word, you meant 
fringecastingpodcast.com, right? Well, let's not jump to conclusions. I'm not. I don't really know what to say. It's all right, Olivia. You go ahead and fight the Baldies with Etta out on the fringe, and I'll remind our friends to check out the Fringe Casting Podcast at fringecastingpodcast.com. Now, I'm off to get my co-host Dan out of some amber. Thank you for your attention and have a nice day. And egg sticks. Wayne and Dan, they rock. We were on their first episode, you know that? We were. Yeah. That's cool. We Remember we sent in a comment? Mm-hmm. They played it. Very cool. And they even played the Ragtag Fugitive podcast promo on it, too. That's fun. So thanks, Wayne. Yeah. Wayne just doesn't do that one exclusively. He, I mean, he does that with Dan, mm-hmm. but he also has the Packers fan podcast because he really likes the Green Bay Packers big time. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> oh man, I'm just keep coughing. I don't know what's going on, and it doesn't happen until I start podcasting. So, go figure. But uh, anyway, Wayne, you're awesome, and uh, he's great. He also has tuning in with Wayne Henderson and all sorts of other things. And you can go and find him at uh, MediaVoiceOvers.com. And he opened up our podcast for us today. No, he did not. He didn't. That was Al. That was Al. Oh, you don't know no. Al's voice versus Wayne's voice. Um, you know, they do sound similar to me. I can tell after a while, I but I guess Wayne. I wasn't concentrating close enough. I got to get Wayne and Al on at the same time. Yeah. And let's I, I see mean, what I you think. I can tell, but, but I wasn't concentrating enough. And I just thought that was Wayne because nope. I, because he's done some things for us before, hasn't he? He's done some stuff, but I don't think he's ever done any intros. Oh, but just promos then. Yeah. Okay. He's got the one where it goes, come closer, you know? Okay. That one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But that was his new Fringe podcasting, Fringe casting promo. Mm. By the way, Fringe. Let's talk about Fringe for a minute. Oh, We've wow. been watching the new season, the fifth and final season of Fringe. And boy, yeah. is it ever different than last year. You know, we could do a whole podcast on what it would be like now this is spoiler alert here so oh no no what it would be like if you had a child you only got to raise the child for a few years mm-hmm. and then you were separated from the child i think that happens to a lot of people what and then you get reunited and reunited you're, and it feels so good shh, quiet please um, and then you're surprised because when you leave the child, they just seem like this innocent, sweet being. And then they come back and they've been through a lot of experiences and things that have hardened them. And they're evil. Well, <laughs> not necessarily evil, but... I would say worldly in the way of, you know, worldly wise, street wise. Um, And, you know, and it probably, I think it would make you a little sad to know that, you know, you you left this innocent child and then you came back to kind of a hardened adult. But it's still your child. You haven't thought about that watching Fringe? Well... Considering the fact that we do have children and our oldest son doesn't live at home anymore. He's married, has his own family, and uh, um, 
I don't I don't quite understand. You, you don't because know. don't you think they're going to get out in life and have experiences? Yeah, but... Do you think they're always going to be a little baby? Well, on Fringe, though, you got to realize that... And this is a spoiler alert. So if you haven't watched the first few episodes of this season, then just close your ears and say, no, 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 For them, it's only been a few months since she was a toddler or a preschooler. She just... Well, she was very young. Who are you talking when about? The the daughter. Olivia's daughter. Olivia and Peter. And Peter's daughter. Have a kid. And she was just this cute little innocent girl. And then the bald-headed um, alien people. Observers. Observers took over. <laughs> then the bald-headed clown people <laughs> honked their horn at them. Honk, honk, and honk. And and Olivia and Peter and Walter. Walter. And I guess the the helper too. You don't know her name. The one that that Walter keeps on saying the name wrong. Um, she they all got trapped in that amber stuff. This isn't gonna make any sense to people (laughs) that aren't watching it. So their little girl grows up. I'm sorry, my wife does this. (laughs) I do. I do. I'll, I'll just assumes everybody <laughs> knows exactly what she's talking about. So, well, they got trapped in amber, and then <laughs> so <coughs> when they get when they got freed from the amber, it, it just seemed like a few weeks ago that they had a little girl. Got it. Um, but she had been like lived two decades without them. So all right, got it. It's just you know sometimes as parents we feel that way though I don't know if you feel that way but I definitely feel that way it's like there's a commercial on TV about a dad talking to his little girl as she's about ready to drive off for the first time in the car and he'll say text me when you get there but but not till you get there you know because he didn't and and you know in his mind his little girl is like four years old or something and. And here she is, 16, 18, you know, so. But it, I think I feel that way sometimes, that I think my kids are still little kids, and they're not. It's sad. Keep telling yourself that, huh? <laughs> because you, you need to realize they are not. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. <coughs> yeah. I think it's harder for me with Catherine than it is with the boys. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. In some ways. It's it's so different having a daughter because I don't know how many times a day she'll just come up to me and say, I need a hug, you know, and she'll have me give her a hug. Boy, I bet she really wanted you to tell everybody that. <laughs> I just, the boys Do you have any other secrets you want to share about her? Because <laughs> I don't think she listens to the podcast. I don't think that she might, would mind that. That she asks for hugs from her mom. Is that a bad thing? Mm. I don't know. But my boys didn't do that. No. Some boys do. Mine didn't. <laughs> when they were little, they were snuggly, but they kind of grew out of the snuggly. Okay. Days. So how was your week, dear? Um, Anything busy? exciting happen? I cleaned out our, our closet. Wow. And organized and got rid of some things. I have, we share kind of just a standard closet. We don't have one of those big walk-in closets. So because of that, um, 
I have to rotate my clothes every six months. I, I know people are thrilled to hear this, but the weather's starting to get colder. It's down in the the 30s, 40s at, at night. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have this big box at the bottom of my closet. And I put fall and winter clothes in there half the year. And then my summer clothes are in my drawers and hanging up. But then when it gets to be fall and winter, I pull my fall and winter clothes out, hang them up, put them in the drawers, and put my spring and summer clothes in the box. Wow. that's just I know. Everybody is, was just thrilled to know that that's what I did this week on top of work and cleaning my house and mm. all those exciting things. So, um, <laughs> because we don't have a giant closet where I can keep up clothes all year long for like a whole year's clothes in my closet, I have to rotate them. Okay. Yes. That's thrilling. Did you even know that I do that every six months? Yeah. You, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't really do that as much with your clothes because um, you're a guy. I ordered a Stormtrooper uh, sweatshirt. Oh, you did. Happy birthday. Well, I needed one. <laughs> okay. I needed a hoodie. It's getting yeah, cold. I, bought I, you a, I bought you a new jacket last year for Christmas, but it doesn't have a hood. Right. It's just like a fleece jacket. And I don't think you really liked it that much. Mm, yeah. That's yeah. okay, though. Thank you for buying it for me. You're welcome. It's You're very hard to buy clothes for. Thanks. You're welcome. That's why you should just give me money and have me pick out my clothes. That's better. Yeah. Well, maybe not the colors, but. <laughs> that, should I tell them that the other day I don't want to go into the, the shipping store with you because you look like Santa Claus on a cruise? What are you talking about? You had on bright green shorts and a bright red t-shirt. <laughs> And I said, I'm not sure if I want to go in this store with you. Did you? Because <laughs> you look like Santa Claus on a cruise ship, you know? It was pretty bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, we've talked before on the podcast how you have an interesting thing with reds, greens, browns. Yeah. Wow. You were very bright and cheerful. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> so what did you do this week, dear? <clears throat> well, uh, not, I, not a whole lot. My business slowed down to a screeching halt a little bit. I did go to a meeting, uh, a classic car meeting, where they won a website. That was fun. Got to see some folks that I uh, grew up with. That was nice. Mm-hmm. And then I got to... Um, do a cassette tape uh, onto CD. That was cool. Mm-hmm. And um, you're getting geared geared up to do some more bigger projects, but just no contracts for them yet. I mean, yeah. So you you have promises of work off in the future, but I had a voiceover that I was going to do, and then at the last minute, it was uh, canceled. So. So kind of a, a slow week for work week for you. Well, yeah, but you know what I did? I used the time to get my stuff ready for the upcoming art show. 
you have the art show, and then you're also um, preaching at my home church. Where you grew up. Where I grew up. Yeah. And went from from negative nine months to 19. Yeah, I'm doing uh, two different uh, speaking engagements there. One of them is called Nick at Night, and the other is The Night That Changed Everything. That's the two sermons that I'm doing. That'll be fun. Well, and you know, the fun part is um, in this particular church that uh, that I'm going to, they only, uh, the, the guy only speaks for 20 minutes. Maybe a half hour. Maybe. Maybe. But they're, I'm going to do a special they're song. They're usually used to being out at noon, probably. Right. Well, yeah. And they start at 11, right? Um, Five to 11 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. That's when the organ music starts. And, um, yeah. Well, I'm going to do a special song, <laughs> both services, too. Cool. Yeah. What song are you going to do, do you know, for the um, first one? I got a couple of different ideas. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, and there's only a couple of young families at this church. It's it's become a little bit of an older church, so so they ought might, to really like my rock and roll heavy yeah, metal song. Yeah, I was song. thinking you might not want to rock it out yeah. too much. Like do a cover of a striper tune. You Come on, so? rock! You got to. What do you think? Hmm. I don't know about that. Well. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing coming up. That'll be fun. And maybe I'll tape those and we can play them on the program. Yeah, that'd be fun. I could, I could help you with that. Help. Except for we got to figure out how to... They might even be able to tape them at the church for you. I'm not sure. Do they do that kind of thing? Well, I know they have a computer set up thing for PowerPoint. Uh-huh. And so I don't know if they have a way to record. We could ask. If not, I can record it um, on my phone, I think. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm not too worried. Yeah, so so kind <coughs> of in and out with business. Um, yeah, it hasn't been that thrilling of a week, but, you know, I got a lot of stuff done for the art show, and I'm going to be in the Grace Harbor Art uh, Fall Art Gala, and it's going to be um, um, up at the Grace Harbor College and displayed for a month. My work will be displayed along with many other artists from around the Grace Harbor area, but I had to try out and get judged to see mm-hmm. if I could be in the the uh, art show, and they accepted me. Mm-hmm. And so I've got four or five works that I'm going to be putting in, and one of them is called Droplet, which is cool. Nobody's really seen it put together before. One of them is called The Spider Beside Her, mm-hmm. and that's a real a four panel window with spider pictures. Oh no! Yeah, it's gonna rock. And then um, um, another I'm, one is called... I'm vetoing that one. And the other one is called Rust, which is kind of cool. And then another one that I'm doing is a three-paneled window called Three Grays Harbor Bridges. And I'm actually putting in there three different bridges from around the, the harbor area in various states of interesting light. Does that sound fun? You yawned. Um, well, I um, I don't know that I'm going to the art show because you know how I feel about spiders. I do not like spiders. I almost stopped watching Doctor Who. Season three. Because the first two episodes of season three featured a giant spider being thingy. I think you are prejudiced. I don't like 
and arachnids. That's really sad. Well, okay. I have to clarify this. Arachnids are good in my garden, but not in my house. Okay. I don't like spiders Or on the wall, I guess. Huh? Or on me. Uh. I've had a couple of big spider bites, and I don't like spiders. I think I'm allergic to them because <laughs> they got really big and red and yucky. The yeah, spiders got really big red and like, no, yucky? No, the spider bites. You saw them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could hardly yeah. walk. Well, <clears throat> if you'd like, like to see more of my artwork or buy some of my artwork, we would love that. Yeah. Head on over to artbymoyer.com. That's mm-hmm. artbymoyer.com. Very cool. And I've got a bunch of my pictures up there that you can see. And Our daughter-in-law is going to have, who's also, her last name is Moyer also. Yeah. Ivy Moyer. Mm-hmm. We'll have some of her Ivy Moyer.com, I think. Or is it Ivy Moyer Studios? Something like that. But um, she has, she's a great painter. Yeah. And sculptor. And she's going to have a piece um, at the art show. Yeah. At Grace Harbor Community College in the library. Yeah. So, um, but she has lots of stuff on her website (coughs) for sale right now. And I think my mom and dad are actually traveling all the way down from Bainbridge Island to come to the opening night. Cool. And we'll celebrate your birthday because it's your birthday That'll that night. That'll be my too. birthday that night. So yes. we'll do the art gala, uh-huh. and then we'll go out to dinner. What do you think? Mm, or maybe the other way around. What time's the gala? I think I think the artists have to be there like at five or six, and then oh. we can leave. I think it gets over like at nine, so we can leave earlier than that. We don't have to stay the whole night. I don't think so. I don't. Mm-hmm. Ivy didn't last year. Yeah, I can't remember. It's not like, what am I going to, you know, it's not, you're not there to sell the stuff. You're just there to display. Mm. So, you know, you can be there so that people can. um, Ask you questions about it. Right, right. Yeah. I'll have a big name tag that says, hi, I'm Rick. Right. Name tag. Okay. And people will go, oh, I guess he's the one who did these. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was going to do a really controversial thing and stick myself up against the wall with Velcro along with my pictures, and then people could ask the living wall questions. What do you think? Um, I think we need to move on. I think that would be hilarious. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. If I only had a brain. Yeah, that would seem kind of like... A brainless thing to do, to Velcro yourself to the wall. Yeah, not going to happen. You're weird. <laughs> I'm weird. You're the one with the idea of Velcroing yourself to the wall. I think that was awesome. Mm-hmm. We actually had thought about that back when we were youth pastors and we'd have like a hyperactive junior high kid. Mm-hmm. We thought about inventing some Velcro... Um, Straight jackets. Straight jackets yeah. that we could put them in straight jackets that Velcroed against the wall. That yeah. would have come in really handy. Yeah, we probably would have got sued. We probably would have, but it would have been really tempting because yeah. some of those kids were overly energetic. This is true. Yeah. It was good they were healthy. All right, we're just kind of rambling healthy. now. We have been rambling. For I haven't quite been some rambling, time. I've been talking about cool stuff. Um, velcroing yourself to the wall. I think everybody would agree. If you want me to velcro myself to somewhere, just send an email to rick at takehimwithyou.com. Put in the subject line velcro. 
Yeah, and and also put in about five hundred dollars for the Velcro because it's not coming out of our budget. Sorry. Boy, spoil sport, <laughs> ruin everything. No, I'm not buying Velcro. <laughs> Go ahead. So, do you have a promo or something to play now? Yeah, we'll be back with our main topic. Boy, aren't you glad? Right after this. On September 22, 2004, Oceanic Flight 815 left Sydney, Australia, bound for Los Angeles and crashed on a remote and mysterious island somewhere in the South Pacific. The survivors quickly realized this was no ordinary island. The groundbreaking Emmy Award-winning drama Lost ran on ABC television from September 22, 2004 to May 23, 2010, and remains to this day one of the greatest television series of all time. Relive every moment of this amazing series as we reopen the hatch and take you deep inside each episode of this epic series. My name is Joyce. And I'm Al. And on our show, Lost Flight 815, we'll cover each episode of this immensely popular series in a unique way. We'll watch the show as we record and share our thoughts and lost facts while you listen to the episode with us. So tune in to the Lost 815 podcast and visit us on the web at www.lostflight815.com and relive one of the greatest shows of all time. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at LostFlight815. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto-exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. Well, today on the podcast, we are we could go on and on and on about the character of David from the Bible. We're talking about King David and the guy that um, you know David and Goliath fame. That guy, that guy, mm-hmm. yeah. And and there's so many awesome stories that we could read to you and talk about. But one of the things that makes David so relatable is the fact that he was a normal human being. Mm-hmm. He made mistakes. In fact, a lot of them. He made a lot of mistakes. But the interesting part is he was we we hear about them and he was reluctant at times, but he he would be sorry for them. Mhm. And and he would actually try and make them right after he did things that he shouldn't be doing. And so it's an interesting he's an interesting character. And one of the reasons I think that 
that he's in the Bible is so as a great example for us to realize that even though we make mistakes and are fallible, uh, there's grace and there's hope for us as well. Because if David could have it, then we could have it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. But really an interesting part of Scripture where what we're going to read here in a moment. Uh, and it's all about um, David getting distracted uh, by the age-old distractions. There's There's only a few things in life that are... Uh, pretty much parallel all the way back to when time began, as far as things that trip up the human being. You know, none of us um, have the ability to be perfect. Uh, none of us are, are, you know, just immune to pressures and temptations. But it's really interesting that over time, with all the literature that we have and the history that we have, it is very obvious that there are only two or three things that hold back human beings from from really going forward in 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 uh, how do you put it um, I don't know becoming enlightened or or becoming better people we we suffer from well what I believe is a thing called sin but it's really interesting to see the parallels even in our technological advanced age we still suffer from the same trappings and failings that people did thousands of years ago. Yeah. Well, we we all have the same emotional needs as people did three or 4,000 years ago. So emotional needs haven't changed. Perhaps the kind of clothes we wear, the kind of transportation we have, the way we light our houses what kind of food we eat, some of those things change, but our emotional makeup, um, that kind of stuff hasn't changed. We still have the same needs. And I think that is fascinating. That, I think, is why when we unearth like documents or, or writings or we, we read historical things, that's one of the reasons, if you if you can interpret it in modern day language, it's it, right across the board. It's the same type of stuff that we deal with as human beings, and I think that's really fascinating. And then what a, an interesting study to do. And you're right, the culture may change, the technology may change, but the basic human needs don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so fascinating about the Bible. That's one of the reasons I think that the Bible's much more relevant to us than most people think. Oh yeah. Because a lot of people think it's just a dusty old book full of a bunch of you cannot do this and you cannot do that. When in fact, it's a book full of amazing opportunities and a, a great lesson for our human nature and how <coughs> how to overcome uh, some really some trappings and some failings of human nature and also how to come back after you've fallen. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really important thing to learn. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of times people will make a mistake in their life and they just won't bounce back. I think one of my favorite songs um, is one that Keith Green did back in the seventies. That was a takeoff of, um, Psalms 51, created me. A takeoff? Well, 
he was inspired by the Psalm of, of David after he, after this passage that we're going to talk about. He's, when he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit unto me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. So he's talking about when he messed up, it stole his joy. And it. Well, I mean, what's the first thing that happens when we make a mistake? You feel bad, hopefully, if you have well, conscience. So, well, not everybody. I mean, there are people that suffer with personality disorders that don't yeah. feel sorry. But for the most part, most people, if they make a mistake, feel genuinely bad about you know, it. Especially if they've hurt people. Right. You know, they. Sometimes you mess up and you hurt yourself and you feel bad, but you go, oh, yeah, I was stupid. But if you hurt someone else, it, it really makes you feel bad. Yeah. And, um, and I don't think your basic average person sets out to hurt people, you know. But sometimes our decisions do. Sure, because we're selfish at times. Yeah. And and if we don't, I don't know. If we don't take some cues here, what we're going to read is really interesting stuff. Uh, and most people don't realize that King David, even though we, you know, everybody talks so highly of him, they don't realize he was a murderer. Yeah. And he was an adulterer. Yep. And he... He was a man. <sighs> I mean... Wow, thanks. I'm just saying that he struggled with, with oh, things Oh, a human being. Guys, okay, I'm like, well, wow, thanks. Well, I was saying he struggled with things that guys struggle with, their eyes. I mean, I, I've heard men are very visual orientated. Mm -hmm. and Well, yeah, that's what we are, you know. And then women are more, well, this is, of course, this is stereotyping too. Yeah, because. Because not everybody's exactly the same. Yeah, man. yeah. But for the most part, men are very visual. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies are more. You guys like the emotional part of things more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, generally, not always, but Most yeah. of the time. Most of the time. Well, anyway, in Second Samuel, which is a, a book in the Old Testament, Second Samuel chapter 11 is where we're going to read today. And we're going to see something really interesting. <clears throat> David is, is supposed to be doing one thing, but he's not. And then as a result of not not doing what he's supposed to be doing, he encounters a situation where he's tempted and he acts upon it, which is very, very normal for human beings to do the exact same thing. When we, you know, we don't do what we're supposed to be doing, we oftentimes, they'll say what, idle hands is the devil's workshop? Mm -hmm. Is that how it goes? Something like that. Yeah, and I don't think that's in the Bible. It's just no, a no, saying. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just a saying. But it's true. When, we, when we're when we not doing what we're supposed to be doing, well, we have time to really do some stuff that we probably shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's easy to do. And David did it. So let's, let's read a little bit about it. And then we've got some great comments from Facebook on things that distract us mm -hmm. and that uh, we got a lot of comments on that. So chapter 11 of 2 Samuel in the New Living Translation is what I'm reading. It says, In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Now that's an interesting. It starts right out and says, you know, when a time when the kings are supposed to be out at war, 
David sent other people to do it for him, and he stayed behind. So right there, he's probably not in the right place, eh? Well, yeah. You know, well, let's see what happens. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, I guess David took naps, uh, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Uh Uh-oh. He sent someone to find out who she was, and he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Well, then David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, huh, he slept with her. Oops. She, She had just completed the purification rites after having her menstrual period. Then she returned home. Later, when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, I'm pregnant. Now, her husband was off at war. Right. So this, she, yeah. She's in a little bit of trouble. She's in trouble because she's pregnant and her husband wasn't around to get her pregnant. Well, now, David's married already. Yeah. I, I think several times. It's a different culture. Yeah, but anyway, very yeah. interesting that uh, he went after somebody else's wife. Yeah, when he already And had, got her pregnant. He already had several wives of his own. So then David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent him to David. When Uriah arrived, David asked him how Joab and the army were getting along and how the war was progressing. So he's fool- he's deceiving him. So then he told Uriah, go on home and relax. David even sent a gift to Uriah after he had left the palace. But Uriah didn't go home. He slept that night at the palace entrance with the king's palace guard. So see what David was doing is he brought Uriah home to sleep with his wife. I figured maybe he can. And maybe they wouldn't be able to tell. A couple weeks off, one way or another, you know. <laughs> right, right. That yeah. that it wasn't his kid. Bad, David. Yes. So when David heard that Uriah had not gone home, see so now we find out that Uriah has more integrity than David does. Yeah, because he was like, I'm a soldier. I'm not well, going to say that. his wife. Yeah. He, yeah, he says, when David heard that Uriah had not gone home, he summoned him and asked, what's the matter? Why didn't you go home last night after being away for so long? Well, Uriah replies, the ark and the armies of Israel and Judah are living in tents, and Joab and my master's men are camping in the open fields. How could I go home to wine and dine and sleep with my wife? I swear that I would never do such a thing. Oops. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, stay here today, David told him, and tomorrow you may return to the army. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem that day and the next. Then David invited him to dinner and got him drunk. But even then, he could not get Uriah to go home to his wife. Again, he slept at the palace entrance with the king's palace guard. Well, it's not working for David, is it? No. You know, and I wonder, this seems so predictable because how many times do people mess up on something? And then try to cover they their try tracks. try to cover up their mess up. Instead of just admitting. Just, it makes 
light goes from a snowball to an avalanche. Oh, and it gets worse. Yeah, it gets worse instead. It's gonna of get worse better. now. Instead of just admitting um, I messed up, I was wrong. They try to cover it up, and it gets worse and worse. And it will get worse yet. So the next morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and gave it to Uriah to deliver. The letter instructed Joab, station Uriah on the front lines where the battle is fiercest. Oh, nice guy. Then pull back so that he will be killed. So Joab assigned Uriah to a spot close to the city wall when he knew that the enemy's strongest men were fighting. And when the enemy soldiers came out of the city to fight, Uriah the Hittite was killed along with several other Israelite soldiers. Then Joab sent a battle report to David. He told his messenger, report all the news of the battle to the king. But he might get angry and ask, why did the troops go so close to the city? Didn't they know that there would be shooting from the walls? Wasn't Abimelech, son of Gideon, killed at Thebes by a, a woman who threw a millstone down on him uh, from the wall? Why would you get so close to the wall? Then tell him, Uriah the Hittite was killed too. So the messenger went to Jerusalem and gave a complete report to David. The enemy came out against us, and in the open fields, he said, and, and as, he, as we chased them back to the city gate, the archers on the wall shot arrows at us. Some of the king's men were killed, including Uriah the Hittite. Well, tell Joab not to be discouraged, David said. The sword devours this one today and that one tomorrow. Fight harder next time and conquer the city. Sounds so noble, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. When the period of mourning was over, David sent for her and brought her to the palace, and she became one of his wives. Then she gave birth to a son, but here's the clincher. The Lord was displeased with what David had done. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So now you get to actually hear from the Bible for yourself the actual story of what happened. Um, Dave, King David saw a, a beautiful lady taking a bath. Mm -hmm. He ordered her to come to the palace. Of course, she came to the palace because you don't refuse the king. And he basically had sex with her mm -hmm. and got her pregnant. And then tried to hide it by inviting her, her husband back to sleep with her so they could pretend like he was the father. But he, but the, But Uriah actually had more integrity than David and wouldn't do that because he was supposed to be at war. Mm -hmm. And then David got frustrated and said, forget this. I'm just going to kill him. And and even though he didn't do the killing, he really caused it. And he had his commanding officer join in with him, got others to go with him on it. And Uriah was killed. And then he got what he wanted. He got his, his wife Bathsheba. But at what price? Mm -hmm. Now we're going to find out later on what price that David paid for it because the Lord was not pleased with the way he did it. And, you know, there's a lot of times that we will do things that are way out of line and think we get away with it. Mm -hmm. But the Lord isn't pleased with people that do stuff that are, is way out of line like that. 
And whether we see it right now or know it right now or not, there will be consequences for our actions. And this is a sobering thought, but uh, David didn't count the cost before he did what he did. He was enamored by his the eyes of his, you know, the, the lust of his flesh mm-hmm. and the pride of life because he was powerful and he had all the riches and everything that he needed to have and he went after what he wanted and he got what he wanted, but he did it at the cost of displeasing God and killing someone to get it. And, you know, even though we may not kill people, I mean, we, there are people that do, yeah. but uh, even though we may not kill people to get what we want, oftentimes we will mess them over and do things that we shouldn't do to get what we want. And I'm just here to say, the Lord is not pleased with that. He doesn't mm-hmm. like that. He doesn't like it when when one person will mess over another person just to get what they want. Because that's not the reason that well, we're here. If you go back to the golden rule that, that you hear about as a little kid do to other people like you would like them to do to you. Mm-hmm. You know, if King David would have just stopped and thought, you know, would I like somebody having an affair with my wife, getting her pregnant, you know, probably not, (laughs) you know, if you stop and ask yourself that question, would you like someone to do to you what you're thinking about doing to someone else? Um, you know, probably not, probably not. (laughs) Well, it's really interesting because the way this works is, um, David gets found out Mm -hmm. because it says in chapter 12, so the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David a story. Now, this is really fascinating. Instead of just coming out and saying, look at God saw what you did, David, you're in trouble. He sends Nathan, who is a, basically a, a communicator for God. And and this is who our oldest son is named after. Yeah, and this is what Nathan says to him. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb, and he had bought it, that he had bought. He raised that little lamb, and he grew up. Uh, it grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate and drank from the cup. He cuddled, cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day, a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. But instead of killing an animal from his own flock of the herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he has stole and for having no pity. And then Nathan said to David, You are that man. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdom of the of Israel and Judah and if you had not been that that had not been enough i would have given you much much more why then have you despised the word of the lord and done this horrible deed for you have murdered uriah the hittite with the sword of the ammonites and stolen his wife from this time on Your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Because of what you've done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give you wives 
or your wives to another man before your very eyes, and he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it secretly, but I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all Israel. So then David confessed to Nathan, I really, I did, I sinned against the Lord. Well, at least he came clean about it. Mm -hmm. And then Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you and you won't die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt for the Lord by doing this, your child will die. Well, as as the story goes, uh, the child is born and uh, he dies. Yeah, he just seven days after he's born. Days, yeah. And of course, it's a big, huge uproar and horrendous, and you know, gut wrenching and all that jazz. But uh, a lot of bad things happened because David decided to do whatever he wanted to without it, thinking that he would have no consequences. But you know what? What we do affects all the people around us, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's just a fact about life. And it's sobering, but it's really important as men and women to do what's right so that we aren't hurting other people. Yeah. But an interesting story, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I remember thinking about when my son was my oldest son was graduating from from um community college and i remember naming him nathan after this prophet and i think a few months after he graduated i was at a women's retreat and i was just kind of praying and being quiet before god just having some quiet time and I had been journaling about about my son and life and stuff. And I, I was surprised because I thought perhaps our son would be a preacher like his dad. You know, because I thought when we named him Nathan that I got the picture of the scripture that, that maybe he was going to be bold and courageous and, you know, like a prophet and... And then I got to thinking about this scripture again. And Nathan, even though he probably was the prophet Nathan, even though he probably was bold and courageous, what he was also was a storyteller. And our son ended up going to film school to tell stories. I thought that was really cool. But... I guess I'm getting off a little bit, <laughs> but I'm, like, I'm just is saying. Is there a point to this? Yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes we'll be around someone that's really made some poor choices, really done some things that were destructive to themselves and to others. And it's interesting that, that Nathan could have come just right out and said, you know, you were a real jerk, David. You really messed up. But he didn't. He painted a word picture. And I think that example is really good. A good example for us if we have if we have friends or family that are hurting because of the choices they've made. It's it might be good to pray for discernment or pray for wisdom from God about how to approach them. Like maybe God could give you a word picture or something that would help 
get to the heart of the matter and get to help bring them around to realizing that that wasn't well, the, the best thing to do and help them turn around? Well, if you think about it, one of the coolest things about Jesus wasn't uh, was the wasn't his religious uh, demeanor. It was that he told stories. Yeah. And he gave examples that people could relate to. And that's really what we're supposed to do if we want to convey a message. And that's why I think this was so effective. It really cut cut David to the heart. Mm-hmm. When the story was told, he was like, that's outrageous, you know. That guy should be punished, you know. And, and then then the realization hits, it's him. And, and it's interesting because sometimes people who are very um, conservative or very religious are against storytelling against fiction or yeah you know and and i think well that's what jesus did that's what nathan the prophet did Mm -hmm. they told stories that evoked an emotional response to to the end of not emotion response for just emotion's sake but to point towards this is a big christian east term repentance but when i say that Repent just means to turn around. You're going in the wrong direction. And to repent means you're turning away from the The hurtful, sinful, self-destructive path. And you're turning back towards God and doing things God's way. And, Which and, is also a cliche because how do you do things God's way? Well, I know one thing: you don't murder people. Yeah, you don't, and lie. you don't deceive people, and you don't, don't sleep with somebody else's wife. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's interesting because you know most people actually do know the difference between right and wrong. Sure, they do. <laughs> You know, I yeah. mean, it's just for selfish. We want our own pleasure. We want our own way instead of doing things the way that you know jesus summed it up when he said to love god and to love your neighbor as yourself Mm -hmm. if you're loving someone you're not going to do things that are going to hurt them that's right so you know doing things in a loving way in a non-hurtful way doing things to build people up not tear each other down now it's interesting now we can speculate for a moment what if David had gone out to war like he was supposed to. The chances are he wouldn't have been on that roof then and wouldn't have seen Bathsheba taking a bath. Mm -hmm. And the chances are that he never would have slept with her, never would have got her pregnant, and never would have committed the murder as as a result of it. So what what the lesson that I wanted to talk about that we learned from this story, because we learn a lot, Um, the, but the main lesson is David got distracted because he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I asked this question on Facebook. I've got it ready. And we got like 40-some responses. 49. So we can't read them all or we'd be here forever. Yeah. But why don't you pick a few of them and read some of the responses? What was the question? The question was, what would you say is the biggest thing that distracts you from doing what you're supposed to be doing in life? And then we got a bunch of funny answers, and then we got some serious ones, too. Yeah. You know, um, Sue 
Debbie basically says money, lack of Sue money. Sue Debbie? Okay, I was I was going back and forth. Well, Debbie's is a little longer, so I'm trying to, to right. shorten it. She said lack of money. Sue said fear. John said life itself. Well, now let's for a moment, let's talk about that. Fear really mm-hmm. does stop a lot of people yeah. from doing what they're supposed to do. Well, and you know, I was thinking about some of these because I read through a bunch of them before. And you brought up a scripture that says the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Mm-hmm. And I know myself, the pride of life comes into me maybe in fear or I don't want to look stupid. Right. You know, I don't want to be embarrassed. Mm -hmm. You know, and so when it's fear, at least fear in the way I'm thinking about it is like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to look like an idiot. Right. You know, stepping out. And and that's a common one through (laughs) probably... A quarter of these say this. Um, Cherie says Facebook. Um, oh, Facebook being the one thing that distracts her from what she should be doing? Yeah. Aunt Anthony says about the same thing, the computer, <laughs> um, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Elaine says depression. Um, ben says for many years it was fear, but I'm getting past that. Um you know what I find interesting as you're reading these things? Uh-huh. That it's not the same thing for everyone. I mean, there are similarities, mm-hmm. but it is really interesting to see what distracts people. For me, Facebook and Twitter and stuff don't distract me from what I'm supposed to be doing. Isn't that interesting? But for others, it could. Well, But depression would distract me from doing what I'm supposed to do. I think um, for you, communication was your major in college. Yeah. And so Facebook and Twitter... That kind of goes along with your kind of purpose in life to, to encourage, encourage people and, mm, yeah. and communicate. Um, there's some people that says Facebook posts asking me questions. I, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, got guys. got that quite a bit. That was real nice. Thanks. Um, I love this one. Jolene says, dogs and cats. Silly. <laughs> oh, this, that's, our, that's our friend from PetZet. Oh, okay. Dot com. Yes, and our, our we read a, a quote today. Was it today that says yeah. anyone with a, a feline or two is doesn't in, need an alarm doesn't clock. need an alarm clock? And I'm going, that is so true. Yeah, we can't sleep in at our house because our our cats this has nothing and dogs, to do with distracting. That was distracting. They are distracting, distracting yeah. us from sleep. Yeah, uh, Martin says life itself. <laughs> well, that's true <laughs> sometimes, always, isn't it? There's always something that takes an immediate president. So precedence, yes. Yeah. Well, they could take the immediate president, too, if they wanted, but uh, it's mostly precedence. Yeah, pre- that's not what it said, though, but that's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, so there's lots of things, lots of computers. Anna, Anna says perfectionism. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, that does distract a lot of people from doing what they're supposed to Because, you know, if you think about it, if you really want to boil it right down, now we do believe in a heaven and a hell. We believe in God and we believe in a devil. Mm-hmm. And if the devil, in fact, wanted to distract us from doing what we're supposed to do, what we're made to do by God, wouldn't he, in fact, use things to, to get us off track? And of course he would. And so all these things we're hearing are things that are used to pull us away 
from what we're supposed to be doing. A lot of times people are, you even said this today, a lot of times people are already doing what they're supposed to do, but they're confused mm-hmm. and they, they're still looking for their purpose when in fact... They're already doing their purpose. They're already doing their purpose. So it's like, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. But it seems like the devil is trying to make you feel like you're not really doing anything when in fact you could be doing having a Having a huge impact on yeah. the world and yet... You can't see it because you always think you need to do more right? or should be doing something different. Well, and that's why, you know, self-esteem, um, depression, uh, diff- you know, things like that are really, really important to deal with. Because when we're when we're focusing on us, on our, mm-hmm. this is a key, when we're focusing on our needs and what we want and, you know, me, 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 me. We have very little time to do what we were created to do because that's God didn't create us to be so self-focused. Mm-hmm. He actually created us to be outward focused on other people and help people. And as a result of that, when you start doing that, it's much easier to see your purpose. Uh, and even though it sounds kind of weird, well, find your purpose, find your purpose. Um, I think when people concentrate so much on themselves all the time and being selfish, they miss out on what they're really supposed to be doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I just wanted to say that because we live in an age when people say, well, you got to go after your dreams. And I believe that. I really do. But I think a lot of times people just get selfish and want everything for themselves. Well, I think too. That's not what we're supposed to do. I, I shared this first with someone today when they asked about about their purpose and what you know what's the purpose for living. And I... I said, this verse came to me. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And to me, I explained that when we're putting God first, that he can give us dreams. He can give us desires. He can give us purpose. Mm-hmm. And it may not look like what Wall Street or what Hollywood says it should look like. Right. You know, someone may have the desire to be a nurse or a teacher or a mother or a father or, I mean, a mechanic. I mean, there's so many different things that people could do that can make an impact on the world in a positive way. And it doesn't, it's not going to be the same for everyone. Right. Oh, I thought you were going to go on a little bit more on that. That's okay. <laughs> You're going to stop now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if, if um, okay, is there any more things that oh, people are distracted by? tons and tons. How about a couple more and then oh, we'll Oh, you close. know, we have quite a few more fear, failure, lack of money, anxiety, a lot of, a lot of the same, um, a lot of the same ones, um, medical problems oh yeah big time Um, oh we know what that's like medical (laughs) things can definitely take you off track of what you're supposed to be doing kids and work and tv um someone said me themselves yeah (laughs) um well you know and you know it's really interesting too I, i saw a few of them talking about children you know and kids and stuff but i look at that a little bit different and i have to say that um i don't think kids are distraction I think they're what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I was going. They should be the purpose, but I I understand that. Uh, no, sometimes I understand. They can yes. drive you crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but they should be 
a focus. Um, yeah, we should be trying to. And there's a season. You know, I talk yeah. to my friends that have little kids right now. And there's a season in life when that's what you do. You know, I mean, I gave up a lot of things. I gave up my studio and and uh, hobbies and different things like that when the kids were little because th- we needed to concentrate on the kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, time goes by and then the kids are, and then pretty soon you don't want your kids to leave. And then then they're gone and you go back to what you were doing, you know. Yeah, you and have a studio again. Someday yeah. I'll get back into my art again. But yeah. But there's, you know, seasons and... So we have to. You, sometimes it's important to to really uh, evaluate what really are our distractions and what are not. What maybe we should be concentrating on some of the things that may we may think are distracting us. Hey. Anything else? You know, I a lot of them were, were very similar um, on the questions, and so I just think that you know, I think. That there are a lot of distractions. I, I saw computer and Facebook come up a lot. And yeah, I get in trouble with those. Um, but yeah, I think that it, it's sometimes good to have a quiet time where you stop and, and think, how am I doing with my priorities? Yeah. Am I focusing? Am I spending time on the things that are important am I spending time um the other day you reminded me of um that I get stressed out sometimes when my house isn't presentable in my opinion when it's when it's messy and it's not as clean as I like and you and I said well I'm gonna spend I said I'm gonna spend all day cleaning and and you're like well aren't relationships more important than a clean house? And I'm going, well, if you have a clean house and you're embarrassed to have people over and you can (laughs) trying to justify it, you know, and there's got to be a balance there because there's a certain amount of function that has to happen, you know, and it can happen better if things are somewhat clean and organized. Well, you know, but, but, you know, it's true though, that you do need to have your priorities and people are more important than things. Well, I remember when we were down in Mexico on a mission trip with the kids, you know, and they were all, we were staying in a, a little village church, and the, it was a very poor little village. And, you know, we never started church on time. It was always 45 minutes later than it was supposed to start. And one of the reasons for that is because to them, it was more important to love your neighbor and to talk to your neighbor than it was to have your organization start on time. Mm -hmm. In other words, people were more important than things. And they, here we thought us, you know, rich Americans were down there to teach them something. And Mm -hmm. what really happened is they taught us that we, we are so wrapped up in all this. We are distracted from what's really important in life. Mm -hmm. And here we're trying to make all this money and get all these possessions and have the nice house and the car and all these different things. When in fact, it's far more important to love your family and to care about them and to love the people around you and to, you know, reach out and help people than it is to get a bunch of stuff for ourselves. And wow, talk about change. It changes the way you live. And unfortunately, we're all guilty of of being selfish. And that's really a distracting thing from doing what God wants us to do in our lives. Mm -hmm. Right on. Yeah.
Anything else, or are, we, are you going to stop on the comments? I, I think I'm going to stop on the comments because there's 49 comments, and, and I, I kind of, you know, gave you the gist of them. Sure. If you want to find those comments, you just go to my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com, rick.moyer. Yep. And that was on what day? I don't know. Monday, I think. No, it was yesterday. Yesterday. So, so it'll be on Friday. Friday. Yeah. You posted it. So check that out. And uh, you can read all the different things that people felt that they were distracted by uh, on doing what they're called to do in life. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. We have a really good friend named Randy Crane who does uh, life coaching. Mm-hmm. And he helps people to determine what their purpose in life is. Oh, do you want me to read his link? He, he posted a link on here. Yeah, it's really it's uh, yeah, it's really cool. Okay, let me find it. I mean, he's somebody, if you really are serious... And you want to? You don't know what you're supposed to be doing in life. If you're really feeling dis- distracted and you just you're not even sure what you're supposed to do, um, if you are not uh, uh, upset about using the Bible to find out and and you know exploring your relationship with God a little bit more, this guy is really helpful. Uh, his name is Randy, and he's just a great guy and a really really neat. Um, he's got a really neat program that you can, okay, are you can join ready? up with. Yeah, what is it? Go to http colon <laughs> forward slash forward slash www dot leaving conformity coaching dot com. And that's all one word, all yeah. lowercase forward slash resource forward slash worksheets. And well, you know what? How about if you just help. go to co- uh, leavingconformitycoaching.com. There you go. That's where they can go and they can find all <laughs> sorts of other stuff. I gave on. you the direct address to the worksheets. Right. But, but right. yeah, you could probably just go to leavingconformitycoaching.com. And find the, the links to that, yeah. And there's probably lots of good things besides and the And if, you, if you didn't catch it, you can always email rick at takehimwithyou.com or amy at takehimwithyou.com and we will send you that info so if that's something you want to do you certainly uh can and i we we trust randy and think he's a great guy so Mm -hmm. you might want to talk with him if you are looking for purpose in life and you're not opposed to uh you know getting a little closer to god in your life yep good stuff yeah so uh there you go i hope uh, i hope this was you know open some eyes and and uh and let you know a little bit more about david and how he made a lot of mistakes, but really, we didn't really go further into the story. But um, eventually, what happens is, of course, the kid dies. Uh, but as time goes on, uh, David gets right before God again, mm-hmm. and because he is sorry for what he's done, and um, I'm not sure if he makes he doesn't make a huge amount of restitution because how do you do that? Yeah, you know, there's a death, you know. But it was very, very interesting that later on the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And here he was a murderer. And an adulterer. Yeah, so go figure. Yeah. So if there's hope for David, there's hope for us. Yeah. So there you go. Sounds good. Boy, you are. So what are we doing next week? Do you know? You know, I haven't taken time to look at our schedule. I'm so sorry. I've just been busy with other stuff. Uh, but I will get our, our schedule, and we will keep on going towards uh, some cool stuff. I think everybody will enjoy it. 
We've talked about maybe doing a couple of interviews. There's some different things coming up yeah. that we have on our, our list. So we'll see what It'll happens. be good. I'll tell you that. We'll see what happens this next week. Well, let's pray for folks and okay. then uh, we'll go ahead and close. All right. Father, thank you for each and every person that's listening to this program. And I'm just so grateful, Lord, that you have made us with a purpose and for a reason. And I pray that each one of us would somehow in some way find out a little bit more about what we are supposed to be doing and help us, God, not to be distracted by things that try to pull us away from what you want for us. Our our prayer is that uh, we would be men and women that uh, truly help others and and you know make a difference on this world in this world the way that you want us to. And we just thank you again for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives and uh we worship you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, if you'd like to get a hold of us, you certainly can. Our website address is takingwithyou.com. And you can also get a hold of us on Facebook at Face, um, yeah, yeah facebook.com forward slash rick.moyer yeah. or facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer. Wow, good. You're good. Um, Not that good, but <laughs> you'd think I'd be better after all these times saying it. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah. So this has been a Moyer Multimedia production, copyright. You forgot the LLC. Oh, see? What did I say? Yeah, something like that. Copyright 2012, all rights reserved. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Don't forget to uh, bless somebody. Be a, do some random act of kindness. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. God bless. Eleven teams of two in an exciting race around the world to win one million dollars on The Amazing Race. I'm Joyce. And I'm Al. On our show, The Amazing Race Fast Forward Podcast, we'll recap each weekly episode of The Amazing Race, give you a rundown on each team, and tell you our predictions on who we think will cross the mat in first place each week and ultimately win the one million dollar prize. We'll also share listener predictions and other interesting information we pick up along the season. Check out the Fast Forward podcast in iTunes or at fastforwardtar.com. And we'll see you at the Fast Forward. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Rick. And we're the hosts of the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. We're celebrating the original Battlestar Galactica series, and we're doing that by... uh watching an episode in total and commenting on it as it runs. And you know what's really fun about it is we're attempting to bring guest hosts in with us so that we can talk kind of like that mystery science theater kind of thing. And we sometimes we make a little fun of the episode, and sometimes we talk about how cool it is, so you just never know what you're going to get when you listen. Yes. So come and join us. We're on iTunes. You can find us by searching for Ragtag Fugitive Podcast, and we're on the Stitcher Radio Network. 
You also can visit our cool website and make comments and have fun looking around in the officer's lounge and all that jazz by going to ragtagfugitivepodcast.com. You have our word as a warrior. Word as a warrior? Plank down your cubits and come on over. And let's play a game of Pyramid, the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. By your command.